for me. It has to be like that. <laughs> okay, hi, everyone. So I think that when the decision was made uh, to do sort of an overnight 90% local music, a lot of people were mostly worried about 5FM, which is, I think, why I've been asked to speak about this, as to how we implemented the directive. So I'm not discussing why or how it was implemented. I'm just explaining how we at 5FM implemented it. We are one of 19 radio stations at the SABC. We fall into the PCS bouquet, which means we must make money for the SABC. And we're a hit radio music format. So a lot of what we deliver is music. I have about 680-odd songs on rotation at one time, so that's a lot of music. And I think that's why a lot of people were interested to see what would happen to 5FM with this directive. So I'm going to unpack that for you. I had a little bit of a sort of internal conflict when I accepted the opportunity to present here because I'm really showing you the inside workings of how I've done this. And the only reason that I decided it was okay to show you this kind of information is because my competitors in the industry don't have to implement this. Uh, they're on average between 20 and 40% local music. I've looked at their logs, depending on who they are. Um, and the rest of the people that have to implement this are my sisters. So I've decided it's cool to share the intimate details with you. Okay, so this is basically what I'm going to go through. So who 5FM and what 5FM does, right? Uh, the 90% directive across the three pillars. So at 5FM, we have the three pillars of radio. The paradigm shift, I'm going to talk about the opportunities and I suppose you could say the drawbacks, but it's more considerations because it's too early to really name it a drawback. Um, and then keeping the promise. So how do we keep the brand promise? How do we promise and deliver on that promise to our listeners? Okay, so these are the three pillars that we work on at 5FM. I've stopped talking about audiences because it's a really passive word, and I just, I just don't like that word audiences. It kind of feels like they're just sitting there waiting to kind of swallow what you have to say, and that's not how we do radio anymore. It's not how we talk as a media brand. So I call them the community, and when I say widen the community and bring cultures together, we want as many people as we can get, but we also want a variety of people. You'll also notice in the 5FM language, we don't use the word youth because I'm 34 and I don't count, and I'm, that's, I'm calling bullshit on that. I listen to 5FM and I love it. We talk about youthful. So people who are youthful, we have 65-year-old people phoning into the station and we have 11-year-old people phoning into the station. Those are all youthful people. But we obviously want as many of them as we can get, right? 53-odd million would be awesome, would be great. Countrywide domination. Okay, then we have revenue, nothing wrong with making money. We're very proud to be part of the PCS bouquet, which makes money for the SABC. We're very proud to be part of a group of radio stations that funds your opportunity to listen to a radio station in your own language, which is your constitutional right. So we're very happy to make money for the rest of the SABC, and we do it proudly. And then brand. So 5FM's brand sort of essence is called the live loud essence. We want everyone to live loud. And everything that we do speaks to these three pillars. So if it ticks these three boxes, then we do it. And now I'm going to show you how we do that with a 90% directive. 
The first important thing to remember is that people are not demographics. So even when I speak to clients, I refuse to put my listeners into a box that says they are 16, they are black, they are this, they are that. People don't behave that way. They do not behave like demographics. All black people are not the same. There's no such thing as the black market. Get over it. That's people, okay? The purpose of 5FM is to bring together youthful South Africans through the power of music. That's what we do every day. That's what we come to work to do. And it's our main higher purpose, why we exist as a brand. Okay, so the 90% programming. This is how we've addressed it. We've got four tiers of programming at 5FM. In tier four, so on your extreme right-hand side, we're delivering 100% South African. And the shows that are in red are the ones that are new, which we have launched since the directive. So you've got your top 10 at 10. That happens every night with Stephanie B, Monday to Thursday, where the audience votes for their particular local track that they want to hear in a particular genre. I'll show you that just now. You've got the SA Top 30, so that used to be 5FM's Top 40. It's now the SA Top 30 and the Around the World Top 10. And so Around the World Top 10 is 100% global, and the Top 10 at 10 feeding into the SA Top 30 is 100% local. So when we report our quota, we report it over a period of a month. Every hour of radio looks slightly different, particularly at 5FM, where we've got five talks twice a month, that is an hour of talk, and we don't play any music, and Fresh has got different features to Roger, and Steph does different things to weekend shows. Every hour is different. So when we balance all these hours out, this is how we end up with between 90 and 92%. We've just reported our first month's worth of work under the directive. We ended up at 91.76% based on this strategy. Then you've got tier three, 90% South African, so you can see which shows are accommodating that. Mostly our daytime shows during the week, um, and then our kind of most of our breakfast and afternoon drive shows uh, on the weekend. And then we've got 70% local, that's where our drives have a little bit more freedom. Mostly that's because of mixed music. So mixed music has got, as my boss said this morning on this panel, there's a great appetite for mixed music, so we kind of allow a little bit more freedom to those particular DJs because the, the science of mixed music is not the same as trying to answer the directive. It's not as easy. You can't just like plug two local songs together and expect it to be a great mix. It's a little bit more challenging. So those guys are performing at like 70%. And then we've got 60% South African or 100% global, which is just around the world top 10, which is one hour on the weekends. Um, and the 60% is most of our big features. So um, shows, specialist shows like Industry Trust on a Sunday night is trying to accommodate those particular quotas. So that's kind of the full picture of how we achieve the 90%. Okay, so a little bit more detail about the special shows. So when this decision happened, we made a bunch of new shows because that was the best way to deliver on the brand promise to the audience. So Stephanie B's shows on Monday to Thursday from 10 to 1 in the morning, those used to be sort of new music shows where we would introduce the audience to new music and it was kind of like a tastemaker show. So we took that proposition and we created a local space for it and added a voting element. So in the past, 5FM has always been very protective about its playlist. You know, we don't want people to vote. 
We don't like the idea of the Coke Top 40 on 947 where this week Celine Dion could be number one and next week it could be Mick Jagger. We don't like that feeling at all because we're very purist and protective about our music. But we decided that it was time to let our listeners have a little bit more of a vote. And it also gives them an opportunity to listen to local music that they might not otherwise have heard. So we have a genre-specific Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we're introducing you to eight odd tracks on every single night in that particular genre and you can vote and those tracks then get played. And oh, the screen grab on the right is what it looks like on our app. You have to vote on our app. Our mobile app for the elder among us. Okay. <laughs> right, then 5FM charts. So our friend Mr. Nick Hammond from Hammond Time, he hosts the chart show. Used to be normal top 40 chart show that we all know, counting down 40 biggest hits in South Africa from 40 to number one, between 10 and 2 on a Saturday. Nick now does the top 30 South African charts. So from 10 until 12, you will listen to the top 20 tracks. From 12 until 1, you will hear an around the world top 10. And we broke that up so that we can drive your time spent listening and get you to come back to the show later. So from 12 to 1, you're hearing an around the world top 10. So that is 10 international tracks. The only hour on 5FM where you will hear 100% international, not local music. And then you return to the top 10 tracks in the country, South African tracks, the top of the top 40, I suppose you could say, from 1 to 2 p.m. So that's how the chart looks now. So people who are like, oh, what's going to happen to the chart? You know, the chart is how we understand what music we must listen to. Well, it's still there. We still have a chart. And it's getting some good response. We also do some very nice digital elements with this. So we create like a YouTube music video playlist out of the top 10. So you can go and listen to that. Um, and you can also integrate... So what you voted for during the week on Steph's show ends up fulfilling what the chart consists of in terms of the local top 30. So it's kind of like a slightly more controlled way of curating the chart. Okay, then we, we launched this cool show. So my sister Sibongile, she shares the, the eighth floor of the SABC with me at Metro FM, and she had this incredible show on Sundays. For anyone that has had time to review Ram's figures in the past, you will know Metro FM Sundays is a huge deal. And even to really young people, they grew up listening to those legendary shows on a Sunday. And we thought to ourselves, well, you know, We've got a lot of really great music legends in South Africa, and a lot of their work has been produced before the 90% directive came along. How can we sort of reintroduce this music to our listeners without depending on it being nostalgic for them? Because we're talking about young people. They're still developing their music taste. They haven't established exactly what it is that they like yet. That was the job that Five did for them in many ways for many years. So we created this show called the 5FM Legends Show. It's from 10 to 2 p.m. on a Sunday, so competing with all of our other friends who are doing gold shows and stuff like that. And it's the way in which we can, we can really showcase some amazing South African artists. Mixie hosts this. She sort of half bursts into tears every Sunday because she has such amazing emotional connections with the artists when you go through like the body of work that they've produced and how much music they've actually delivered locally for so many years. It's a beautiful heart show. And 5FM has been criticized in the past for not having enough heart, being just about instance parties and Woohoo, this is one of the ways in which we like show how much we do actually care about local music as an art form, so to speak. 
they co-host the show with her for one hour. So we've had some amazing musicians like there's Louise Carver, Hot Sticks, Just Ginger, Vonneboom, those guys that sort of I grew up with, which really gives you my age. But anyway, it's, it's really amazing to listen to because you can go through how much work has happened and that hour just disappears really quickly. It's like the fastest hour that we deliver in a week. Okay, then talking about the brand, this was really easy to do because in truth, 5FM has been responsible in many ways for the careers of so many local artists. So at our events, we have consistently supported and empowered artists on our own stages and paid them to perform. So the most recent example of this was Joburg Live Loud that we did last year. We launched and sold 12,500 tickets in five weeks that we were on air. It was a full local artist lineup from 10 in the morning until 8 o'clock at night, only local, and I think I can say we're the only radio brand that can put AKA and Prime Circle and Polytones like on the same stage and still get the vibe going. That's how we live loud. We did Small Town Live Loud this year, so that is taking the big stage to a small town. Now, strictly speaking, Polokwane is not small, okay? It's officially a city but it's small in terms of the events that it attracts, and we thought that this city deserved the opportunity to play on the big stage, and we brought the biggest, best local artists to Polokwane to jam with everyone. So that was Casper, AKA, December Streets, full local artist lineup. Um, and then in terms of that little picture there is quite funny, you can't really see what it says, but that is Justin Turin. He co-hosts the Tando Tabuti show with Tando Tabete, and he went to the airport and fetched our winners and drove them all the way to Polokwane. So it was really like empowering the whole country to enjoy that particular city. Would never have traveled there otherwise. People from Durban, Cape Town, PE, all came up and enjoyed that experience with us. So not only do we present the big artists on the big stage, but we let our listeners enjoy them as well from all over because we have this national license and it's difficult sometimes to be everywhere in a country. Hmm. Or not. Jan, my clicker has died. There we go, thank you. Okay, then we do this thing called Five Talks and another thing called Five Live. These are fairly new-ish properties. So we observed in our research that young people do care about serious stuff, believe it or not. They really are concerned about their futures. They really want to talk about serious things. So we launched unprecedented at 5FM talk hours called Five Talks. Twice a month, Nick Hammond will host people in studio and you'll have a whole hour of talk, no music at all, very short ad breaks, and we discuss a serious issue. Um, and that is serious with local people. So local people that have achieved great things in their particular field or who inspire us in some other way, they host five talks. And then Five Live, which we've, ha we've had for a while, um, is featuring live local music. So the band will perform either from the Red Bull Studios in Cape Town or here at, in Joburg at the SABC in one of the studios, and we will broadcast their music live, that they play live on air at the time. Um, they also have to do a cover of an artist that they particularly admire. So you'll get like 
Jack Parrow will do like a, you know, like a Beatles song kind of thing live in studio. And that's how we kind of showcase local talent from a music and an interview perspective. Then what's coming this year? So we have Joburg Live Loud coming and we've launched Cape Town Live Loud this year. Again, full day and night, all local artists that we employ to bring their talent to the stage and to the people of South Africa at a very affordable price. Okay, then revenue. So I don't know if anyone catches my joke here. You probably won't. It's very scientific. But we've said goodbye to SAF, who are the audience measurement research company that we have used for 20 odd years. And we have now seen a shift from what we called RAMs, the RAM diary, into RAM, which is why that's there. Just helps me remember when I'm talking to you. Some of these things are for me. Um, so RAM is the first time that RAM will be released will be in August. Fieldwork on RAM commenced in January of this year. The directive decision was made on the 12th of May, and the research will come out in August. So really what I'm telling you here is that there really won't be any way for us to see how this particular decision affected our particular market. Because we have a brand new sample, brand new 30,000 households, will be involved in our measurement criteria, and field work is exactly halfway, almost, for this particular period. So if we want to talk about our audiences and how our audiences translate into revenue, our clients are waiting to see. The ones that are scared, they're waiting to see what's going to happen. They're waiting to see where the audiences go, and that's how they'll spend their money. The rest of our clients are people who buy based on personality radio that really feels good, programmatics, content-based stuff, stuff that Roger's going to be talking about, and Five's always been the leader at that. So we've not really seen a problem in terms of revenue. And then I wanted to point this out. I thought this was very cool because this is said by someone international, someone that Helen works with. Um, this is what he said at the Worldwide Radio Summit in LA in April, which I was very privileged to go to. He said, it is our duty to honor and reflect the full color of our local music scene, and nobody has the greater power to translate that medium than radio. And Chris Price is an amazing man who has done amazing things in music in the UK and is now the head of music at BBC Radio 1 and 1 Extra, which is kind of like the hallmark stations that we've copied a lot of format from, just with local flavor. If he says that in the UK, then why are we not doing it here? We should reflect the full color of our local music industry. It's something to be proud of. And if we don't support it, we won't have one. We're going to keep sending our money to Wheezy. Okay, opportunities. <laughs> so there's some cool things about the 90% that I think people haven't really unpacked, and these are things that we've sort of started to see already. So it's a way for a national station to sound local. So I've got a challenge with my regional competitors like 947 or Y. They've got this cool hyper-local language that they can use. So they can talk about... Um, like, number one, Joburg, we love Josie, my Josie. I can't do that because I've got people from all over the country. And it becomes really difficult to try and bring people together when they have quite separate experiences of their environments. So the 90% gives me a nice opportunity to kind of adjust that language a little bit. And it gives us that local flavor, which we then benefit from, which is quite nice. 
Then it capitalizes on culture-centric um, centric sentiment. So I'm sure everyone has noted there's definitely a tide of culture-centric senses of belonging and identity at the moment. And that's, that's redolent of a developing nation such as South Africa. And that's something that we can now talk more about and share more about, which creates better community sort of feeling for a big national station with a big brand. Um, then innovative programming, so we had to completely remake a bunch of shows as I've shown you, so we really had to stretch ourselves and like create some cool stuff and it's very seldom that you get to do that. I come from a marketing background and so often a brand manager is really just using the tweaked strategy from three years ago. They're really just like changing and adapting a few little things not to rock the boat and piss off the board. And that just doesn't happen. You don't get the opportunity to start all over again and just throw the textbook out the window and go, right, I'm creating a brand new show. And that's what we've been able to do, which has been really cool, especially for young people in our team who have never seen that happen before. Then the pro-Africa global trend. So since 2010, Africa is super fashionable and awesome. That's why Drake's coming to visit and stuff. And that's something we can be proud of. And it's something that we can talk a lot about. So it benefits us a lot. It also underscores our talent capabilities and differentiation. This has been the most amazing thing to see is for all these years, I have been driving personality radio and forcing my DJs to develop content and to think for themselves and to not rely on producers to do everything for them and to spend time preparing your show and not just back announcing the songs and trying to be careful. You have to actually work at this stuff. And this local content period has seen that really shine through. And that's really what we sell at 5FM to our clients. We sell this ability to develop and create amazing, groundbreaking, different content. When Helen said this morning that American radio is boring, I really want to stand up and start clapping. I drove from LA to Laguna Beach. It took about an hour and 20 minutes for me to get there. I heard exactly six songs on repeat for the entire drive there and the entire drive back. I can even remember exactly what they all were. And the DJ who announced things in between had exactly one message. It could have been a pre-recorded live read. They shouldn't have been spending money on talent. I could have just put a microphone in someone's face and go read this and just logged it in between the songs. And that's not what we do. So it's made me ever more proud of that kind of work, which really differentiates radio from the Spotify's and the Pandora's of the world. And then this was interesting. So we mentor a lot at 5FM. We have a particular mentorship program. We take students from all over the country all the time. We get, we're choosing for our next intake, and we've got about 2,500 applicants that we're working through at the moment. We have a specific relationship with Boston as well, and we mentor people in an ongoing way. And usually when I get the chance to speak to these people, I sort of use them as free research. So I kind of dipstick a few things. And the most fascinatingly awesome thing that happened in my last intake is that every single person in that room thought that the 90% idea was the best thing they've ever heard, and they're all under 23. So I was like, well, fabulous. This is what one of the girls said. I want to be a servant of local music. We will only grow our industry if we support it. It's very astute for someone who's still studying in their third year. And surprising, I didn't expect that. I really didn't. And it was really nice to see. Okay, and then this was cool. So I wonder if there's any Y people in the house. I haven't seen anywhere, any that I know. But um, when the decision happened, they changed their handle to hashtag no quota needed, 
which I thought was really cool because it just means that a station that's traditionally been supporting local music, they're quite good at that. Why has it always been very flavorful of local? And we're now beating their quota. So I thought that was pretty cool. They're observing what we're doing. You know, it's always nice when your competitors are watching you. Okay, some considerations. So international artist events. So a lot of people have asked me, like, will we not be able to attract, uh, you know, the Nicki Minajes of the world? And the truth is that partnering with a concert is it's a bit of a lass. It's quite a lot of work and airtime for not a lot of money. You don't get money out of these people. Nikki arrives. She doesn't want to be interviewed. She does her own thing, and you don't really get the value. So you've pumped this concert for so long to reward your listeners, and then when they get there, it's kind of like you get lost because now they're there, and now Nikki's there, and she's you can make my bed rock, and you know you can't really compete with that, right? So it becomes really difficult to stand out. So you don't actually have to partner and deliver a concert in a way that the listener is accustomed to. You can still support and allow access to concerts to your listeners who value that and who, who want the big show and the big ticket without actually partnering with the concert. So that's really just like a technical management thing that I've succeeded at doing. So 947 got One Direction. We were lank pissed. We went and we got the tickets. We did our own thing anyway, and they were the partners. And they did all the work for that show. They sold the whole place out for One Direction, who took the money and went home. And all of our listeners were happy, both theirs and ours. So it's not really that much of a concern for me. Research time frame and qualitative insights. So I've mentioned the situation we have with RAM at the moment. We're going to have to spend quite a bit of money to get some qualitative insights out into the market and really understand how people are reacting. And even when we go out into the market, we're going to have to try and separate the newsworthy PR-edness of the decision and the actual experience and radio consumption of the decision. So that's going to take a long time. It's something that we're motivating for internally at the moment for budget, and it's just going to become an ongoing thing that we're going to try and see how the decision has actually really affected consumption behaviors, but I doubt we'll know that for at least a year. It's not really going to be very clear. And then nostalgic music wins. So I can't remember who mentioned this this morning. Someone mentioned this. Nostalgia is a very powerful thing in radio. So we want to hear the music that was so memorable to us when we were growing up. I can tell you exactly who I was dancing to at the union with Smurthwaite and Tarrant, who are here today. I can tell you exactly what songs we were dancing to because we were all there at that particular time. And whenever I hear a track like that, I remember that and it makes me happy. I can't do that at the moment because now my nostalgia wasn't there, isn't there anymore. So I cannot use the science of heart to try and bring you back to my station at that stage. However, in 10 years' time, I will have all new nostalgia because I will have been playing this stuff now. So it's just a matter of waiting that out to benefit from that particular method of programming that supports a particular age group. Okay, then the cake is there for, to remind me about something. If I listen... <laughs> Massey's laughing at me. If I listen to 5FM at the moment... There's only one thing that's sort of bothering me from a music perspective, and that's that we sound, we sound quite serious. So we've got a lot of good local hip-hop, but hip-hop's rebellious and tough. We've got a good, 
amount of local dance. We've got a little bit of rock, even though rock's kind of not trendy right now, there's still good rock, right? I've got not a lot of pop in my life. I've got no Katie's and Taylor's and Justin Bieber's. And as much as we hate them, we actually love them because they raise the endorphin levels when we listen to them. So I'm looking for some more Shumayas. That's what I need. I need those people. So I'm missing a layer of pop. I'm missing happy music. And that's what I would make, for anyone who wants a career, right now in music if I was in South Africa, be the next Katie the poppy half of Rihanna, the poppy half of Nicki Minaj, because that's the music that's missing. Everything else, we've got plenty, it's cool, quality's there, there's enough of it, it's fine. Not a problem. Okay, then I was asked to talk about brand promise. I'm pretty sure that most people in this room aren't marketers, so they don't really look at brand promises and brand essences and brand attributes and all of those lovely things that I learned at university. So I thought that I would take you through what a brand promise could mean to a listener. And the best way to see this is to look at your radio station's Twitter handles because they have 140 characters to explain who they are. So let's look at them. Okay. So 947's brand promise is Joburg's number one hit music station. Very simple. Hit music, that's what we're about. You know exactly what it is that they've promised you, right? That's what they must do, that's what you expect. Why says South Africa's hottest frequency broadcasting from Gauteng in South Africa? So I think why does a lot more than that, to be honest. I think they do a lot better than that, but that's true, right? There's no way we can disagree with that or... We, are feel like they, we feel like they're promising something that they're not delivering on. They do that. Jack Aranda says, 80s, 90s, and now. You know that the music that you're going to hear is that. That's what they promised. They're going to program that way. You know that they're going to do it. KFM says, all the hits across the Cape. Cool, we're very Cape-centric. We get that. Hit music, we get that. Specific personalities benefiting from a little bit of personality radio there. Nothing wrong with that. This is 5FM's brand promise. Using the power of music to bring youthful South Africans together, featuring the hottest media personalities and DJs in South Africa, we live loud. Our promise hasn't changed. We didn't change this before or after the 90%. It stayed exactly the same. We still deliver content that is relevant, youthful, and co-created with the 5FM community. We curate your playlist, 90% or no 90%, there's still a music committee, there's still a format, there's still a you have to vote to get in, it still works exactly the same, it's not like we just chuck stuff on air now because we quickly have to find it, it's not like that. Governance is paramount and we stick to it. We curate the playlist for you, so you don't have to go YouTube, find that stuff, we make it. To bring people together by including them and by treating them like people with choices rather than demographics. I am that station manager who says, I'm not going to suggest that hip-hop is black people's music. I will not do that, I will never do that, because it means that then I can't listen to Kanye and AKA, and it will just break my heart. Okay, to continue to support and celebrate the local music industry, have always done it, will continue to do it. Directive just makes us do that a bit more and a bit faster than we intended to. We were on like 35% before this happened, so people didn't even notice that. To be the place where everyone can live loud. That's really what we want to do. Your life amplified. So nothing that we do has changed, really. 
we still deliver on the promise that we promise our listeners. And that's me. Questions. How many questions are there? Just by the way, one. Just one. Sure. I thought I was going to be the contentious subject of the day. Oh, there they come. There we are. Afternoon. Yes. Lovely lady in the red jacket. <laughs> so, um, my basically my question is straightforward. I would like to ask, how has this implementation affected the listeners' rate, and how do your listeners um, react? How did they react to this implementation? Are they liking it? Are they hating it? Or what's the take on it? Thank you. So it's difficult to measure, like I said, because we're in a field work period at the moment where we can't give you numbers and go, there are 8,000 people who like this decision. The only thing that we can really see is social media sentiment. And social media sentiment is highly skewed because if, a, if Kanye Mbao with 1.5 million listeners thinks that it's a good idea, she's going to completely skew the pool. So it's not something that we can really identify at this stage. It's something that we implement and we do that in a, in a way that delivers the promise to our listeners in the best way that we can, in the way that we understand and have understood our listeners for many, many years, and we see what happens. And we adjust as we go, which is the most awesome thing about radio. In TV and in print, you have to produce and send your stuff, and it's gone and it's done, and there's nothing you can do about it. With radio, you can adjust as you go. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I'd like to know, uh, my question is, is quite similar to hers, but uh, on my side, uh, I'd like to know, when it comes to uh, 5FM, we know that it, that's where you would find 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, My Chemical Romance music, but now you, you, you no longer provide us with that music. Aren't you maybe a bit uh, scared of uh, maybe the, pe people, uh, the people that are like that kind of music? Maybe they'll go on and to uh, to downloading the music instead of listening to Five FM, but they listen to the music that has been that, uh, has been downloaded. It's very interesting that you should highlight those two bands. So before the ninety percent directive, we were under sixteen or fifteen percent rock. So we had much more hip hop and much more dance and much more pop than that, and that's just the nature of trended music at the moment. So there's not a lot of rock being made right now. It's just not fashionable at the moment. So it'll probably come back, you know, but the Nirvana days are behind us right now. So it's not really something that we see. We actually play more rock now with the local directive because we've gone back a little bit to the prime circles and the parlotones who haven't made that much like recent stuff, but their older stuff is very classic and historical. So we're actually playing more rock now than we used to. So people's sort of habits don't really exhibit that way. It's not, people are not tuning in to 5FM particularly for the kind of music. So it's a matter of what we make popular. It's more our personalities that they're interested in, the features that, they, that they're interested in, the competitions that they can win, the suggestions from the personalities of what music they like, the mixed music masterism of a black coffee or a Ryan the DJ. So it's just so much more than that. 5FM's not really a radio station. 
It's a community. It's a brand. It's, it's a bunch of people that feel positive and feel youthful about life. The fact that we have a license to broadcast is what we do. It's not who we are. So if we just depended on music, well then, I mean, our people would have disappeared to iPods ages ago. <laughs> we shall chat afterwards. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this, but maybe this is a question you guys um, put forward to the SABC when they um, brought this up, um, when they introduced the 90%. Um, but in them now requesting 90% of music to be local, do you know if they are now investing in grooming South Africans to be able to produce music ongoing and I mean you're talking about 10 years from now we'll be able to have those nostalgic mm. feelings but are they investing in, investing in music, sco music schools? Are they giving scholarships out? Are they like what are the efforts to ensure that this is a success or are they just are we just assuming that there'll always be music available and ongoing? So I think it's, it's not something that I know if there's a conversation about, so let me say that first. There's about 4,000 employees at the SABC, and there could very well be a conversation about that. However, I think that if my chiefs were here, what they would say is that radio, the business that we're in, the broadcast business that we're in, and the multimedia content business that we're in, is about elevating local music. It's not about creating it. That is for people to do. We give them the opportunity to highlight their music and to make it worth their while, to create a career out of them, to create brands out of them. So it's not really our, necessarily our role. The SABC's got wonderful facilities, so there are studios that people can record in, that they can book and pay for, etc. So there's all those facilities available, but it doesn't see itself as the initiator of the music industry, it sees itself as the supporter and nurturer of the music industry. Um, I'd like to find out just stylistically because you guys also have uh, people who brand extend into DJing. Has that affected the kind of stuff that they put together, like their DJing sets and that kind of thing, because they're going yeah. out to their to the to their yes. events? Yes. So that's kind of the tier that we protect the most to allow the most creative freedom in mixed DJing, because it's very popular as an actual as a pastime and as a kind of music consumption, is mixed music. And we protect that quite a lot, so we're looking at our mixed masters are doing between 50 and 70%. They've got a little bit more of a leeway just to make that job a little bit easier. But they are having to deliver more. So they also have to bear that in mind. And we submit PRS details related to all the music that's in a particular mix, so that gets measured as part of your quota. Hello. So I have a question. Um, my question Questions is... Questions are free. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, if it were up to you, and I know it's not, would you implement the 90-10% uh, or are you just making lemonade out of lemons here? Thank so, you. yeah, that was bound to happen, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> So I think that I would definitely, I, I would have seen myself very much like France does, where it's on between 80 and 85% local. And I do support the decision. I think that if I was Mr. Motswaneng, I would have been doing this since 94. 
I would have been phasing this in. So if I take 5FM as an example, we used to have like pretty much no local music and we rose to 35% through consistent support and nurturing of the industry. Through an active strategy of the station, we rose to that level. So it is something that's always been on our minds. And it's just, I think Mr. Khanyaho said that this morning, that it's the timing, it might have taken us a little bit longer. It would have, if, if it were my choice, I would have done the same thing, just maybe taken it over a few more years. Thank you.